0: So we have some of the most interesting, unique, and amazing meditations, I think, in the world. I mean, we have past life regression meditations, guided hypnosis meditations, Akashic record meditations, as well as healing meditations. Our meditations are pretty cool. And they're not just about stillness of mind and peace and sit there. "Mm." I mean, we have those too. Don't get me wrong, but these are about meditations that are going to shift and change, and you're going to walk out of there feeling lighter, freer, healed, and even getting guidance and insight. So come down, experience one of our meditations. They're pretty badass. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we're welcoming Alan Page and he's one of our healers and intuitives over at Liberate Emporium. Uh, He works with individuals by doing intuitive coaching and guidance as well as channeling. And I know that there's a lot of misconceptions around channeling and what it is and people are just, they, they don't know much about it. So we're gonna go through a deep dive of understanding that and understanding of who this miraculous human is right here. So welcome, Alan.
1: Thank you. Good to be here. Such an introduction.
0: (laughs) Uh, I try. No, it's all you. (laughs) So I I want people to start by learning a little bit of who you are, you know. So Alan, tell me, let's just start out with that, you know.
1: Well, I I think of my whole whole life as a healing journey. And uh, this began very early with a very sickly childhood and lots of asthma and difficulty breathing and the grandparents who were farmers uh, and who were very connected with the earth Uh and her wisdom, herbs and things like that and my grandfather with rituals. And so they kind of introduced me to this indirectly. No one spoke about the healing wisdom of herbs or the healing wisdom of trees, but uh, he did a ritual for me in the forest with pine trees to heal my asthma and she would give me these herbs to help my breathing. And I remembered all of that as I got uh, came into adulthood and uh, just began exploring that. And the key to that for me was my love for them. Wow. And their love for me. So they were doing this, you know, like she would stay up at night. When I couldn't lay down and breathe, I could I could only breathe if I sat up. So she would sit with me, give me tea, rub my chest, do all those kinds of things. So there was a lot of love there. When they passed away, um, I was lucky enough to have visitations from each of them uh, before they passed. Uh, and then I would get a long distance call later in the day. Grandma passed, grandpa passed. And so out of my love for them, I began to explore these more traditional senses of wisdom. And in that, I was also raised Catholic. So um, they never talked about any of this other wisdom.
0: It was just more these experiences. Just these experiences. But, But it sounds like these experiences opened you up to your six senses even a lot younger right you know to be able to see and i think that what you're telling and what you're sharing for clarification isn't that they came in physically in right. the flesh went and visited you but right. rather their spirit or energy right. and that you had that visitation and then hours later you okay. received the information that they did indeed cross right. to the
1: other right. side and the, the other part of that path while they were doing that is because I was sick a lot in the city, and they lived on the farm 60 miles away, I spent a lot of time alone, and I connected with the other world through the mystics of Catholicism. Okay. Which was also about love. So the two paths, the nature wisdom, or earth wisdom, and the mysticism, eventually came together in my adulthood. And uh, I started working with the other world and getting training in channeling, in mediumship and laying on of hands, healing with energy.
0: And And then as you were getting more of the trainings, you were probably having some kind of realization. That's what they were doing in the pine forest. Those are the teas and the herbs that they were giving me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And particularly when I started studying shamanism in different traditions in Africa and Native America Mm -hmm. and would do ceremony, pipe ceremony with Native Americans, sweat lodge, medicine wheel ceremonies and so forth. I could see the roots of the plant medicine wisdom and tree wisdom and uh, the elemental beings of water and fire and nature, stuff like that.
0: Wow. So, so it's all like coming full circle and these things were like, um, I always look at these memories that people have as um, the very impactful memories always stand out is like these photographic images within some, somebody's mind. And they might not even know. It's not like a lot of times that happens when people almost get in a car crash and they slam on the brakes and right. everything becomes in slow motion. But you can just have an experience. But for whatever reason, there's certain memories that just stand out a little brighter, a little more vibrant, a little bit more clearly right. than anything else. And you can recall them easier. And right. it's it's interesting that you went through just being a kid going through, of course, your own healing and struggles but that out of all of the memories that you have you had certain ones that were very vivid that stood Absolutely. out and you didn't know maybe at that time what those were for right. but now as you as you continue to go through these processes it's it was like a click and it's like that's why that memory kept on coming back right. was right that's amazing
1: those events resonated with something in me yeah that got awakened
0: yeah and exactly. went on a quest
1: to find out what they are, what they mean, and how I might use them to benefit me and other people.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love, I didn't know that you studied so many different traditions too. And the different types of shamanism. Yeah. What are some of the pieces that you personally resonated with uh, through the different uh, teachings and the different types? Like,
1: w- Well, one of the main ones that I resonate with, that's so interesting you would ask me that, <laughs> is the medicine wheel. Okay. I was introduced to it by the Native Americans uh, and the medicine wheel is like the, the wheel of the seasons of the year, uh-huh. except each season has correspondences to other levels of being, stages of life, plants, animals, and what the wheel does is interconnects everything and shows the relationship of how everything is to reality or the wholeness hmm. of reality. So it can be the whole person. It can be the person in the whole of nature. It can be all of those things are represented in this wheel. And what I discovered is that the Africans of the the Dagara people of Burkina Faso, they also have a wheel. It's an elemental wheel. It's comprised of the five elements of fire, water, nature, mineral, and earth. Mm -hmm. And also the Taoist in the Chinese tradition, they have five elements in traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So I started discovering all of these... Uh, universalities.
0: Yeah, the threads that they the were, threads. They were, you know, the same wisdom was depicted in maybe a little slightly different imagery or thought, but it was the same thing over and over again throughout all of these different right. areas and regions within the so world. So some
1: of what I've learned in this intercultural uh, approach is that there are certain things that human beings need no matter where they are on the planet geographically what gender, Uh orientation, any of that. There are certain things human beings need. And all these traditions attempt to answer them in a different way Mm -hmm. in the ways that are inflected by their environment. You know, like the East on the wheel in the Dakotas may not have the same animals in the East in South America.
0: But they're depicting the same But they're depicting
1: the same relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what are those needs that, that throughout all these different cultures Are depicted that humans need
1: Well some, some of it in a very broad sense Has to do with our relationship to ourselves mm-hmm. How do we navigate and manage Our own flow of emotions for instance Yeah How do we navigate our own uh, arc of life From mm-hmm. childhood, youth, adult, elder, ancestor How do we navigate that mm-hmm. Um, and how do we navigate our relationship with the external world that's influencing us and that we influence in a continual give and take? Yeah,
0: as above, so below, as, right?
1: As within, so without. Yeah, absolutely. And how we connect vertically in that that line in the circle, and then how we connect horizontally. So this yeah. is with. The physical plane, and this is with the other planes.
0: Yeah, and they, they there's the two energy vortexes that go around you. You know, you have the Taurus energy field, and then the other, you know, right. and so you have your energy like this, and then your energy like that, right? right. You know, so it's right. coming from your heart space, going into your other back heart, and then going in from the top right. of your head to the bottom of your head. And feet. in so
1: many of these traditions, the heart space is the key. Yeah. Because that's the space where the two directions meet and that's the place in the center of the circle the medicine wheel where we want to be because we then have access to all the positions in the circle
0: yeah
1: all the parts of ourselves all the parts of reality
0: beautiful and now is this something that you bring into some of your coaching work with others and trying to find that balance as
1: it's as needed yes balance is what we're looking for um and that has to do with Not only what we're seeking to correct or bring into our life, uh, but internally, what um, is drawing to us that that we don't want.
0: Yeah.
1: And what do we need to shift here to be available for that? Is for that that we do want.
0: Absolutely.
1: So the interrelationship between the inner and the outer becomes that reflection of everything else. Yeah. You know, the physical, uh, the spiritual, and the material.
0: So beautifully said.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as you know, and all of us know, even those of us who do this work, we're not exempt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, never. You know, that's... We're you know, on I think, the path too. <laughs> I think the people that think that they're... Uh, somebody once said, the moment that you think that you're enlightened or you've reached that state, you're actually 10 steps behind. You know, like, that meaning that there's always so much more work to be done. And that if you... Think that you are above it. You're gonna get a rude awakening because there, you won't be instilled in the flesh, right? You know, like there, there's lessons, there's learnings, there we're always growing, and there's always another layer, there's another level, and movement.
1: Yeah, movement. And in the in the Buddhist tradition, there's a saying: before enlightenment, chop wood; after enlightenment, chop wood. <laughs> and the Bodhisattva tradition in Buddhism, uh, the Bodhisattvas. Uh, finally love what is enough Mm -hmm. that they can transcend but many of them come back because they recognize that they want to assist humanity the rest of us to come up to that level
0: Yeah, beautiful
1: so that takes me into um, my intuitive work you asked me a really good question in assisting people to find some kind of balance in their lives and in that Helping people realize that they have agency in their own lives. Mm -hmm. That we're not all victims of what's happening to us.
0: No, in fact, all of what's happening to us is to serve us. It's only when we can allow ourselves to really get into that state of gratitude and perception that, all right, maybe there's something for me in this.
1: Right. And in the intuitive work that I do, um, I'm helping them to find the assets in themselves. Okay. Okay that they can bring forward and use in their lives in service to themselves. And also to connect, uh, many times their ancestors will show up, not so much the dearly departed, but their ancestors on grandmother or grandfather's side, perhaps because of my connections with my grandparents, sometimes a generation or two back will show up. And my work then is to help them identify the allies that -hmm. they have in the spirit world who can support them here, in this world, as they navigate that path.
0: Beautiful. And so when did you get into realizing that you had these intuitive gifts that you wanted to share with others?
1: Um, this has been a challenge because uh, I think I had it early on, but no one in my family would say so. Okay. So... When I was an adult, like in my 30s, and people would start talking about that, that you you have this gift, you can do that, so forth and so on. I didn't believe it. I couldn't feel it.
0: Hmm.
1: you know so it took which me, happens to so
0: many people happens they, to so many you people. know like wide awake and ready for the world and then they're told you know no there there's something to it i mean it's the same thing for you know people that stuff down creativity because Absolutely. they're told that they're not creative or that can't they can't make money. yeah and can't then make they living. forget that they always had it Right. And then they they're scared to even step into that because there's so many walls that haven't gotten built.
1: So what happened to me was I kept being drawn to people who were doing energy work mm -hmm. for my own healing and drawn to mediums and psychics and uh, intuitives and channelers and all of that and medicine people. Um, And. That awakened something in me, because not only would they tell me I had these gifts, but I, I've always been a dreamer, a, mm-hmm. a pretty vivid dreamer. And I know that there's certain images that I've seen since childhood that I'm still trying to actualize in the physical. Ah. And um, the time finally came when, I remember one time specifically, I was living in San Diego at the time, I had to make a big decision whether I was gonna move back to LA or not. Mm -hmm. And I went to the spiritualist church and I saw the medium over there. And um, I went to several in the space of like six months trying to make this decision. And I kept getting different answers. And I realized, oh, okay. (laughs) This is telling me I need to establish my own relationship with the other world. Mm. This is telling me I need to start training and have my own connection. So I'm not dependent on all these people I don't know whether, what, you know, I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. So that precipitated me into going into training myself. Okay. And that's been a number of years with different teachers in body, different teachers in spirit. Um, and eventually, uh, training as a channel myself. And I, I do want to explain a yeah, little bit the that's difference. A, yeah, I was
0: just going to get into between that. Between
1: the intuition. The intuition, I really go in and I connect with the client's soul energy Mm -hmm. and their field. I usually hold their hands, but I I have done it over the phone. I can do it just through the voice. And soul to soul, you know, is not dependent on the physical. Um, But the the quality of the experience is usually different. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the intuition, it is more informational and more focused on... This plane, Mm -hmm. uh, except for when some of the allies who might be ancestors show up, and uh, uh, occasionally an angel or a guide will show up, but most of the time it's more informational. If I go into channeling, which is another mode entirely and less um, uh, me, I'm Mm -hmm. gonna say, or less telepathic. What I do is I raise my vibration with a tremendous amount of love.
0: Okay. And
1: I connect with a spirit teacher who's very evolved. Uh, I have a couple that I work with, and they kind of step down and blend with me. Okay. And I let them speak through me, use my voice, sometimes my hands. And they come in with so much unconditional love that when I first started developing a relationship with them, um, I wasn't used to that. I'm out of unconditional <laughs> love. is really hard to take. And I would just, you know, let's stop now. <laughs> yeah,
0: start crying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: exactly. Start crying and, you know, worthiness issues start coming up. So I had to develop a relationship over time of just sitting and practicing, holding that vibration, that frequency, and allowing them to share. The level they share from is... Um, because most of them have already ascended from this plane they have a perspective that's much bigger than this plane Yeah, and they bring that into it so if I'm working with a client they'll start connecting what they're presenting to work with in this life as uh, how that's related to their soul Mm -hmm. previous lives where they're going if they continue on this journey this way or they might begin to um suggest some corrections they might want to make in their movements now to move in the direction they want to go. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um it's a bit of an overlap, but it's it's a larger perspective. Okay. Is what I what I would say. Um, and the difference between what I call channeling, which is this blended state, as opposed to a telepathic state yeah. like most psychic mediums use. The difference is these uh, teachers are mostly ascended masters and people and and beings of that level, consciousnesses of that level. Um, They're here to serve humanity at this particular bridge where we're moving, our own consciousness is shifting. So there a lot of what they're doing is planting seeds of consciousness, seeds of light.
0: Wow.
1: That will be growing in time yeah does that make sense absolutely yeah
0: yeah so they're 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 giving and distilling upon whomever is having that reading or information right, right. these higher levels of awareness right. and information right and in a way, energy, too. Like I, when I was hearing you talk about how you allow the energy to come into you, it's like, you know, uh, we're energy vibrations. And Completely. the higher energy vibrations literally vibrate at a higher frequency. And some of that frequency can literally overwhelm or shock or or fry out a system if it's not in that right position or to, to assimilate right? right and so it was interesting when i heard you sharing it was like you're it was like not only did you have to get used to it but your physical body had to get used to that energy too so that it wouldn't for use of a better word short out right 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 and uh and then and then that though and you become that vessel for transform you know, like almost like a um, transformer.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm.
0: take that do, do, do and give and mm-hmm. then that person's never the same, almost like a Reiki attunement.
1: And. Um, so it's way
0: more than just a channeling session. You're getting a upgrade in vibration. I'm, I'm sensing. I'm not exactly. even validate that. Exactly. But that's just what I'm picking up.
1: Yeah. Um, what I usually say is you can come for the information, but there's a transmission happening here.
0: Yeah. Transmission that's there's a trans
1: there's a resonance going on in your field. You're in the presence of this thing that I've learned how to sit with, mm-hmm. be present with long enough for whoever's in front of me to experience some kind of awareness. Mm-hmm. shift. They may not be conscious of what exactly happened. Yeah, but they may go home and have a dream. As a matter of fact, I even invite the the teachers to work with people for the next three days in their waking and sleeping mm. as they integrate the experience. And again, there's something to be said for our sitting in the presence of unconditional love. It's so unusual in this plane mm. to have that experience, um, that that alone is... You know, for me, the person sitting in it (laughs) and for the person across from me, I think is is very valuable. Plus, you get information. You get that, too. It's just not that's it. I like to say it's a whole bandwidth.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. If you're
1: going to talk energy, it's not just one frequency. It's a bandwidth. Hmm.
0: And and, you know, so you you're you have these. Clearly, you were working on yourself a, a while and learning. and and, then, and of course, yeah, still are. But then you have this experience for the first time where you're allowing this energy to come in. And, you know, take me through that experience and that very first time that this happened to you. And was it something that you intentionally did or was it something that just happened?
1: Um. Well, there are two times. Okay. Uh, the first time I had seen channeling demonstrated, and uh, I felt like I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's coming from me as a Catholic schoolboy, altar boy, you know, and the mystics who had these ecstatic experiences of that kind of blending. like Teresa of Avila or Francis of Assisi or some of these incredible saints who talk about these ecstatic states of union. Mm. That's where I was coming from for my childhood and this was the closest thing I saw to that. So I gravitated toward it and I got in a class um, and a, a channel had introduced me to a spirit that was around me and I began to work with that spirit in the class The class lasted for about six months, nine months, something like that, I don't remember now. And um, part of my homework was I would have to sit just about every day and I would do it in the morning on my floor in my apartment living room, on my little prayer bench, just trying to establish this relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is another difference between channeling and um, working with the duly departed. Because these frequencies are so different, um, I generally only work with one, in the beginning I had to only work with one spirit being to get acclimated and to build a relationship where I could trust myself and I could trust them.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, and of course, the more I did that, the more I built capacity for holding that kind of unconditional love. Yeah. uh, That kind of consciousness. So um, I worked with that being, his name was Dong Hao Lee. I did some public work. I did uh, public channeling for groups, for individuals. Some of it was published. Um, and then he announced, this is this is, gets more personal, but this will show you something of the journey of, of this because it's not just something I fell into. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: he announced after about five years that uh it was now time we had graduated we had done the work that we had agreed to do at our soul level he was going to move on i was going to move on it was time for me to learn how to be in my body it was real easy for me to leave because i had such a dysfunctional childhood (laughs) and so much sickness that it was easy for me to check out but he was saying i had to learn how to be here and um that he would work with me telepathically to make connections and help, you know, counsel people for like nine months and then we'd part. So sure enough, we did that. And for 15 years, I never channeled again. Wow. And then I was meditating in Sedona one morning at dawn. And I just had this experience of some kind of presence in the room with me. And this being introduced himself and said his name, and I want to work with you. Okay. (laughs) And we're going to do this differently from the way you were trained, because in my first experience, I had trained with three different teachers in body. Mm -hmm. So I really learned how to do that very well. And that training was about mostly checking out, mostly taking the consciousness outside of the room. Outside to make of room. my awareness.
0: Yeah. Huh? The, almost taking yourself out to make room for the energy to yeah. come
1: in. Yeah. Um, and this one was saying, uh, we're just going to raise your vibration. We're going to do it with love. I'm going to step down. We're going to blend. Um, and so I'd like you to practice that. You know, So I would sit with him every morning and we would practice that, making that connection, holding that. And uh, by then, over those 15 years had had a lot of work practice being in my body dealing with my emotions all that kind of clearing out that people need to do uh all of us need to do in, as human beings to make room for this kind of experience and then it showed up i wasn't even i don't know that i was really asking i was asking to be of service yeah. i don't know that i was asking to be of service in this way again but um i was very very pleased and very excited and i've been working with that particular teacher all these years. Um, And he has now introduced me to other beings at that level that I also work with. I should also say, I should also say, um, I'm now stepping into what I think is a vision uh, I carry from a long time ago that I wasn't aware of as a child. Um, And that has to do with being a voice for the other world in this world or a voice for the various dimensions or kingdoms in this world. Because the most recent thing I did was a training with an African medicine teacher who has um, helped me to connect with the elemental beings, the trees and the water and stuff like that. And uh, I just came back from a retreat at Marchasta where I got to really, I just have so much love for all of that.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) What's some of the energy or some of the awareness that you had connecting with some of those elemental beings?
1: Well, the one that I wanna share most is the world is talking all the time. The rocks, the plants, the animals, the trees, the water. They're communicating all the time. The problem is we're so distracted. We're not listening. Hmm. And uh, they're wanting wanting us to listen.
0: Is there a message in particular that you heard over and over again from them?
1: (sighs) Uh, They want to be appreciated. Hmm. They want to be loved. They have so much love for us.
0: Yeah. We haven't really shown them much appreciation, or at least most people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Oh.
1: Can you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're trying to turn around. Because if we can appreciate them, they're also showing us why we should appreciate ourselves. (laughs) 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 so it's a two-way street here the more we appreciate who we are and what we are, the gift that we are and our uh, connection with them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the more they can show us, the more we can care for them it's a win-win
0: yeah, most definitely
1: Yeah,
0: it's beautiful I love that yeah and Alan, I think we're you know kind of approaching our, our time, but I wanna know if uh, where people can find you. I know I mentioned Liberate Emporium, but where else can they find you?
1: Well, that's it right now. Um, I am um, an introvert by nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm being asked to step out and be more public. I'm marshalling all of my courage to do
0: that hey this is a good step right here you know maybe we'll get you on uh i'll I'll bite you tooth and nail to put you on the schedule to do some uh group sessions and things like that too
1: yeah so um here i am and uh a step at a time
0: and this this is
1: this is a good place for me to do that i appreciate that
0: i love that and if you had to share something with one last thing with everyone what would it be
1: Ah, I would want to say to each and every one, me included, that we are more loved than we know. We are absolutely more loved than we know. And we have been taught to believe that this is a punishing world. It's not. Mm. It's a benevolent world. And if we work in partnership with it and with ourselves, because we are the world and the world is us, we have a much, much better opportunity to experience the love, the light, and the joy that's here for us. Mm.
0: I love that. We are the world and the world is us. Thank you, Alan. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Until next Thank time. You. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood. All one word or Liberate Emporium. All one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. If you're thinking that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype. Phone or in person, we're here for you and it's your time to start creating your life.